The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. I brought props today. I don't know if that you should probably be just a little concerned about that, but uh, we're going to leave those here for right now. The goal today, uh, as we look at the Word of God, is to talk about the idea that um, we want to view life as an opportunity for investment. Okay, we want to view the, you know, in, in our country, even with the, uh, you know, altered state that we're in right now, America still has incredible amount of choices that we make all the time as to where we're going to invest our strategy, where we're going to invest our efforts, where we're going to invest our money. Uh, the opportunities abound there. So, so we're going to look at some things that God's Word says about that, realizing that with all the investment opportunities we have and all the different options we have, it is important that we get it right. Okay, now, uh, I probably just a little bit uh, weirder today than I normally am. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I don't think so. But um, thinking about that, for or thinking about the whole investment thing for a second, uh, guys, uh, anybody else can relate with this? I think mainly guys, you understand that we, we, we face an obstacle in life is that a lot of times our family doesn't appreciate our incredible sense of humor. Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else sense that? I mean, I'm, I think I'm stinking funny. Uh, and my wife just rolls her eyeballs at me. I think there's something in the Bible about rolling your eyeballs at your husband. Uh, I'm going to find it someday and preach about it. Uh, but uh, I, she doesn't always appreciate my sense of humor. My son never does. He's like, Dad, really. Uh, my daughter occasionally gets me, which is a little scary. But um, because my wife will not laugh at my jokes, I often have to laugh at my own jokes. Okay, and, and it just amuses me. And sometimes my wife will catch me watching a video that I've done and laughing at myself. <laughs> it's incredibly vain. And for a person that would stand up and preach and actually show a video of himself, that's also got to be incredibly vain. But here's the thing. Back in April, when we first started doing the little midweek, uh, well, now they're midweek momentums, but we were doing several times a week, we were putting some things on Facebook, uh, sharing some of God's Word. And uh, we got started doing that, and I, I just get bored real easily. And seeing myself sit in my office and trying to find different spots in my office was boring me, so I decided to get creative. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I thoroughly amuse myself here. I don't know if it will amuse you at all, but uh, back in April, this is one of the little midweek momentums we did. It pertains to investments, so I thought I'd go ahead and take just a minute and show it to you. And uh, you can watch my wife and see if she laughs at all at this. So to bring you some important investment news today, uh, I am here at the headquarters of the Innovative Investment Ideas Corporation, or as I like to call them, ay ay ay. But I've assembled a panel of financial advisors to sit here with me, and let me briefly tell you who's in the room with me. Uh, don't worry, we are under 10 people. But over here on this side, we have uh, Char Charlie Scott, Charles Schwab, is it? Schwab, Charles Schwab. Uh, J.D. Powers right here. Uh, Morgan Stanley, Stanley Mor Morgan Stanley is is right here. Edward Jones, I like to call him Eddie. Uh, here's E.F. Hutton, and uh, you look good. I thought I thought he was dead, so he he looks real good. Uh, and then over here is Dave Ramsey. Uh, Dave, how you doing, buddy? Okay, what's that? Better than you deserve. <laughs> He's been saying that all morning. I, he just likes to. What's that? Dead is dumb. Can't, okay, he's a great guy, but a little intense. But uh, we got together with these guys because we found 
something this morning. We're actually having group devotions, and we found something this morning that is an investment tip that is unbelievably good. I can guarantee you that it is better than gold. So we're reading today in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. We like to have uh, E.F. Hutton read because uh, there's something about when he talks, people have a tendency to listen. Uh, so we're reading verses 6 and 7 this morning. Verse 6 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, in all this, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You see, 1 Peter was written to people who were going through incredible persecution. Far worse than I think we could even imagine. But he says, you're going through trials right now. And he tells them this in verse number 7. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by the fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. He says, what you're going through now is producing in you a purity and a growth that is better than any gold. Even the gold that's been through the fire that has been revi uh, refined and itself purified. It is better because that gold will perish. And what is going on, what is taking place in your life is going to last. So, I'm giving you your, your investment statement. Okay, here's how your accounts are doing. They're doing great. God is producing in his people uh, purity and strength and growth. And if you could ignore my, my goofiness for a minute, I needed, I needed something, okay? I needed to do something different. I'm getting a little bit bored. But if we could talk very seriously for a minute, we need to agree on something. Listen, whether you are getting your news right now from uh, NPR or Limbaugh, whether you're getting your news from CNN or Fox News, whether you're getting your medical reports from Dr. Fauci or Dr. Erickson and another guy on the West Coast, or whether you're going with my personal favorite, Dr. Seuss, it, it doesn't really matter. I think no matter who you're hearing from, you're hearing the words might be, maybe, could be, this just might happen. Could we agree that these are times of incredible uncertainty? Would we agree, and I don't mean to say this rudely, nobody knows what they're talking about in a lot of ways because we are in totally uncharted territory. In the medical world, in the financial world, even in the spiritual world, we're in new waters and we don't know exactly what's going on. So would you agree with me that what we need to do is lean into that which is certain? That which is certain is the character of God, the Word of God, the fact that God will, as we go through this fire, grow us, mature us, and purify us. And also, as we go through the fire, we are not alone. There is another in the fire. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Somebody should turn that into a song. Okay, now can you believe that my wife did not think that was funny? Uh, some of you are like, yeah, I can definitely believe that. But uh, the, I mean, I, you might not have got the E.F. Hutton. You have to be pretty old to get the E.F. Hutton. Anybody know E.F. Hutton when he talks? Okay, a few of you. Uh, you may not know who Dave Ramsey is, but come on, I, 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 that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give me that. The, the weird thing about that is the reason why I did I-I-I is because when you look in the phone, everything's backwards. So I picked three letters that were the same either way. But I still got the period on the wrong side of the I. <laughs> so I still messed it up. But come on, I-I-I, that's, that's good stuff. I don't care who you are. All right. All right. Moving forward, we are going to talk about the investment strategies. We are going to look at the book of Philippians. We've been going through Acts. If you remember last week, Paul was on his way to Rome. When Paul gets to Rome, he's in jail. Well, he is in 
probably most of the time in, in Rome, he's actually under kind of a house arrest. He has one of those ankle breaks. Well, he probably doesn't have one of those. But he is not allowed to leave his home. He has allowed visitors. And he does some letter writing. Uh, four of the New Testament books were written. They're called the prison epistles. We got uh, Colossians and Ephesians, which are called the sister books. They, they have some similarities. Philemon was written from the uh, prison. And then the one we're going to look at today, which is the book of Philippians. So uh, we, before, however, we look at that, um, just remember, I wanted to get you thinking with me a little bit of how much the Lord talked about investment strategies. And what, what I mean is, uh, God, I believe, has given us a desire really for gain. So therefore, uh, that needs to be rightly directed. And he gave us some things. One of the things he definitely told us is that you need to avoid decline, things that had declining value. Okay? He said, don't lay out for yourself treasures where uh, moth and rust corrupt where things are going to fall apart. He said, don't invest in things that you know the value is just going to go down. Uh, he said, uh, there's some risks that you cannot afford to take or some, you know, losses that you cannot afford to take. He said, what shall profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose what? His own soul. He said, so he, he said, there's some losses that you cannot afford to take. He definitely appealed to that desire for gain. He said, he said if you save your life, what's going to end up happening to it? You're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, he said, then you're going to find it. Uh, then you're going to have something. And probably in the greatest illustration, uh, he told the story of a man who uh, had an opportunity to get a hold of what was called the pearl of great pearl. Am I saying that right? Pearl, 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 a great price. And he said if he had the opportunity to do that, he would want to sell everything that he had so he could get a hold of that pearl because that, that would be worth it. So Jesus definitely, you know, gave us some ideas as far as investment strategies, as did the Apostle Paul. So we're going to look at chapter 3 of the book of Philippians and read a few verses here. Paul is going to give us uh, a deal you can't pass up on. He's going to give us a great stock tip here. He's going to talk about some things of ultimate value. But uh, we're going to pick it up in chapter 3, beginning in verse number 4. Paul said this, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. Let, let's go on here for a second. If anyone else thinks he has reason for the confidence in the flesh, I have more. Here's what he says about himself. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. As a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness, under the law, blameless. Let me go back through that for a second because there's four things in here that he pointed out that he had going for him. There were four things that Paul had put in his portfolio. Four things he had, he had invested in and, and they had become you know, part of the, the statement, if you want to say, of his value. He says in there that he is circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel. That's his, his birth, his start. Uh, he says he's a Pharisee. Come back to that in a second. He's a persecutor of the church. He has incredible zeal. And he, as to the law of righteousness, he was blameless. Okay, so let's look here. We have four things in there. Position. Paul said, I was, uh, you know, I have a pedigree here. I was born into this family, in this line. I was circumcised. I have a good pedigree to start off with. Okay, I have, you know, a reputable, I, somewhat, somewhat you could even say of a silver spoon, you know, in that way. I was born into good position. Uh, achievement. He said I was a Pharisee. Now, if I call you a Pharisee, uh, you're not thinking that's a very flattering comment, right? 
okay? However, remember a Pharisee back then was the, wow. I mean, I, I don't know how to say it. It's like the rock star. Man, these guys, uh, these guys were the top of their profession, the top of the world. They're the smartest, the best educated. They made good money. Uh, they were there. I mean, they had arrived. So to say, hey, I was a Pharisee. Again, we take that word now because of the conflicts that Jesus had with them, and we think of somebody that is a phony. But back then, he's a Pharisee. This is good. I mean, he's up there. He had a great uh, he, he, had, he had risen to that position, and he was given a position of incredible power. He's the one, and by the way, he was given a position of incredibly, it was incredibly tough to navigate the political situation of it because he's the one in charge of persecuting, prosecuting Christians. He's the one going after them, hunting them down. We, we, we've read that a few times here going through the book of Acts. So he is a man that has incredible position. He has incredible achievement. He has incredible power. And he also said, hey, morality, morality. Uh, when it comes to the law, I keep it, okay? I know it inside and out. I keep the law. I live by the rules. So if there is such a thing as a moral person, that's me, man. I've lived according. I, I've, played the, I've played the game. I've gone through it. But see, Paul looked at this portfolio one day, and he's told us this story several times as we've gone through the book of Acts. One day, he's going down the road to Damascus. And who did he meet? Jesus. And when he meets Jesus, he decides it's time to reevaluate some things. When he has his confrontation with Jesus, which we heard, he keeps liking to bring up this story about the time he's on Damascus Road. He wants to tell about how this changed his life. But it changed in his thinking what was important. So these things that, that he once had held important, these things that were, hey, here's what I got. Okay, here's, here's the accumulation of my life. Over the next 30 years of him following Jesus Christ are going to dramatically change. What is going to happen to his position as somebody who is born, uh, you know, a Jew of Jews and circumcised and everything like that? Now the Jews have disowned him. Okay, so he set that aside. Achievement, what did he have to do a lot of times just to make ends meet? What was he doing? He was making, you remember, tents? Remember that? He had to make that. And by, by the way, I, I want to be careful here. I don't want to in any way speak disparagingly of those blue-collar work. Uh, and I would speak the opposite, okay? But if you think about it as far as prestige, position, when he is a Pharisee, I mean, he's at the top of the game there as far as income and everything like that. And in that culture, now this is somebody who knows they have to go down and, and work. So, so he set all this aside. He used to be persecuting Christians. Now what's happening? He is the persecuted. That has turned around this position of power and authority. Now he's in, uh, many times in shackles. And at this time, he's under house arrest while he's writing this. Morality. Okay. At the beginning, you know, he could claim, I am a keeper of the law. I keep everything. I've got it straight. Later on, he's going to say, no, I, of all sinners. <laughs> well, first of all, he's going to say, of all those who follow Christ, I'm the least. And then he's going to, but then he's going to say, of sinners, I am chief. Okay, so all this has changed. His portfolio, he is going to dump all this by the wayside. And he is going to do what? Let's go, let's go on a little bit in the, in the scriptures, beginning of verse number 7. Basically, all these things that I had, he's going to say, I don't really care. Because whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth don't miss some of these phrases. We'll come back to them. But the surpassing worth, worth of what? Knowing Jesus. Okay? 
Jesus Christ as my Lord. But for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness uh, from God that depends on faith. So remember what he had before. Look what he's traded it in for. We're going to look at that list in just a second. I want to read just a couple more verses before we do. That I may know him. I love this verse. And the power of his resurrection. That I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. That if by any means, uh, I'm sorry, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Before I, I go on, I did want to look at that verse and just mention this. When you just read that verse by itself, it says that I may obtain, attain to this by any means possible. It kind of sounds like he's going to work his way to heaven. I'm going to get there however I can, but that doesn't fit at all with the scriptures here. That doesn't fit with everything else he is saying at all. That is not what he's saying. I just wanted to point out that what he is saying there is, I don't know exactly how I'm going to heaven. I just know I'm going to get there. I don't know the method. Now, that is significant for us today just to remember Paul lived like he believed he may not see death. He might just see Jesus come back. Okay? You say, Pastor, you think Jesus is coming back soon? I sure hope so, but all I know is we ought to be thinking that way all the time anyway. Okay? That's how we're supposed to live, as if we believe that the Lord Jesus could come back at any time. Before I finish this very sentence, stink, struck out again. But, uh, but anyway, you get that idea, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. So Paul lived like that then. He said, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Maybe I'm going to die. Maybe Jesus is coming back. I'm going straight to heaven. But either way, I'm going to get there one way or another. Now let's back up to what he's invested in now. Okay? We've got three things in which he has decided he's going to invest. He said, in Jesus. He talked about gaining Jesus. He talked about knowing Jesus. Yesterday, um, I had... I was getting rid of some firewood uh, for free, by the way. I put it on face, face uh, garage sale, free firewood. You say, well, why didn't you tell me? It wasn't that good. <laughs> Don't be jealous. It's kind of junky stuff. I want to get rid of it. Uh, but anyway, some guy came down in his truck, and he took one load. When he came back, he brought a buddy with him. And uh, in, our, in our backyard, we have this little thing. It's left over from my daughter's wedding, but it's a little chalkboard back there. And I had just scribbled the word Jesus on there. I just, one day, I don't know why, I thought, well, should I write on here? 